Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Copon. Water. No matter how much, there is still not enough. Cunning life keeps asking for more, and then a drop more. Our ankles are weighted with lead. We delve under the wave. We bend to our spades. We survive the force of the gusher. Our bodies fountain with sweat in the deeps of the sea. Our forehead aches and holds like a sunken prow. We are out of breath. Divining the heart of the gazer, constellations are bobbing like corks above on the swell. Earth is a water wheel; the buckets go up and go down. But to keep the whole aqueous architecture standing its ground, we must make a ring with our bodies and dance out around. On the dreamt eye of water, the dreamt eye of water, the dreamt eye of water. Welcome to Cop on Podcast, you syrupy pudding. My name's Owen, and those opening lines were from a poem called "Fountains in the Sea" by Marin Sorescu, as translated by Seamus Heaney. You can block us on Twitter at Copon Podcast. Test out your Trojan viruses via coponpodcast at gmail.com. Support us on patreon.com forward slash coponpodcast or by simply telling your secret lover about Copon. You are helping to spread the word. Without any further hesitation, then, let's do to this episode what penguins do to icy Arctic water and belly flop right in there. Enjoy! So I'm really happy, absolutely thrilled that Jamie is is joining. Jamie's um, just outside uh, or inside Birmingham. We'll find out in a minute. Um, it's really nice that Jamie's here for his first time. Jamie Watson's here for his first time on Cop On. He's more than welcome. And Doug as well from the Dugout uh, Football Channel on YouTube. Everyone should go and check that out. That's a wonderful channel. Um, Jamie, I'm going to start with you. Chuck you right in at the deep end uh, with the opening question, which is as such um going back to the 23rd of august 2010 which was my brother's 34th birthday happy birthday my brother simon our record at the etihad since then 10 years is played 11 won 1 drawn 3 and lost 7 which is surprisingly awful isn't it um so it's better it's a better result than 63.7% of our matches at the etihad over the last 10 years the final whistle went about an hour ago how were you feeling about that point um i think you've always got to take draws at your biggest rivals um you know we've had that i don't know if it's been approach really at, at goodison park and at old trafford over the last few years um a point at any of those three grounds is never a bad result um like you say we've had some really big letdowns at um the Etihad in, in recent years, um, although the Champions League um, win a couple of years ago was a particular highlight. But in the league, yeah, it's been disappointing. I think you can never be you can never be unhappy with a point away at your biggest rivals. Very, very reasonable answer. And uh, yeah, I feel the same, really. Um, how about you, Doug? We went to Raheem Sterling's place, a.k.a. the snake pit of the Etihad. Um, are you happy to, to wriggle away from there with a, with a point? 
Yeah, do you know what? Like I, I, I said, I said in my match um, preview, uh, I said that I would take a draw any any day of the week. And um, to be honest, I think uh, to be honest with you, like I know, I know we, I know we drew the game, but I thought we started really, really well today. Um, I, I, we were off. We were. It was gung ho from, uh, from 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 the Reds, and um, I thought we were really unlucky to you know go in at one one half time. Um, but no, I'm very happy with a with a point, and especially with the fact that. Our last win at the Etihad in the Premier League was the 21st of November 2015. So very, very happy with the with the point today. And uh, I think a point, and I, I think we have to all agree, is probably a fair result in the end. Um, yes, it is. It is um, a curious stat. I mean, you could tell when I, you know, one of the things I do when I'm excited is is is, is look at stats. And um, I've I found so many stats before this game, but uh, you know, certain certain of them jump out now. I mean, a very curious one I found was that. This season, Liverpool have are yet to be winning the game at half time, which is kind of unbelievable. Because uh, given our start that you just mentioned, we did come out of the blocks firing. We could have maybe made more of uh, you know our opportunities to 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 especially having gone one nil up. But even before that, in the first few minutes, Trent Alexander Arnold put in two amazing balls in the first two minutes, and we could have set up Bobby and Manny, but uh, it wasn't to be. Um, and in the second half, Manchester City have are yet to win the second half of any match this season, which is very, very curious. Um, yes, so there you go. The last, as you said, the 21st of November 2015 was the last time we won there, 4-1. Since then, uh, in, in we've played uh, five matches now and the results have been 1-1 in 2017, uh, 0-5, so 5-0 to City and also in 2017. Uh, 2-1 to City back in January 2019 and of course the 4-0 after we won the um, you know the league uh, Diogo Jota Bobby Firmino um, Mohamed Salah and uh, Sadio Mane started Jamie and when you saw the lineup, how excited were you? Yeah I was, I was very excited I think um, a lot of the talks being you know who starts um, it, like it's always going to be 3 out of 4 um, but I think playing four out of four was the right thing to do. Uh, playing all four of them was right. Um, they've got a very vulnerable back four, and you could see um, early doors what the plan was. It was definitely it was more of a four four two than anything, um, and it was up to um, Salah and Bobby to block um, Rodri, the holding midfielder who takes their tempo. And it was it was really clever management from Klopp, a good selection to start with. Um, people worried about not having the option off the bench, but we had Jordan Shakiri for that. Um, and the way I see it sometimes, you know, why leave good players on the bench when you've got a good player, put him in the side. Um, and I think, you know, you pick your best lads and they were, that was our 11 best lads available today, I think. Yeah, that was that was what I was thinking pre-match as well, is, you know, you've got to get your best players on the pitch and uh, you can say what you like about Bobby Firmino's form and we will say what we like about Bobby Firmino's form soon. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, I would say that Bobby Firmino is, is a better player than, for example, James Milner or Curtis Jones, who were the options in midfield today, or maybe Shakiri could have come in. But uh, one thing, I don't know, like in retrospect, maybe we could have kept one of them on the bench to bring them in late, late in the game as a, as a clutch player, as the Americans say. Um, what what did you make of the lineup, Doug? I, I was I was very excited. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I was really excited when when the lineup came out. Um, and I was a bit skeptical at, at first because I, I know that um, Matip and Gomez hadn't um, hadn't started together, but I actually thought both of them had a good game. Um, I know Gomez gave away gave away the penalty, but. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get onto that like, ridiculous handball rule. Um, I, I mean, I even said on I even said on Twitter, um, if you give the Kilman penalty 
uh, for uh, Leicester City today, you've got to give you've got to give that one unfortunately. And but um, I, no, the lineup for me, I actually thought um, I thought Jota for his first uh, Manchester City versus Liverpool game. Um, I thought he played really, really well. And actually, another stat which actually was, is quite alarming for Manchester City fans: they've they're 19 goals worse off the, at this stage last season. That's incredible, absolutely incredible. Yeah, I've been looking at their XG. We talked a little bit about it last time on Cop On and how far down it is. And and again, they were they were out, uh, you know, outshot by the, their opponents uh, today. Liverpool had more shots in the first half and more shots in the second half. But yeah, the penalty. I, I'm going to stay with you, Doug, and I'm and I'm going to, um, you know, for for the listeners who who didn't see the match, um, Kilman for. Um, Wolves, uh, which is a great name, Killman. Um, he was penalised for a handball. He was about two metres away, or t- two yards if you're old school, and uh, the ball was smashed at him, and um, his his arm was up because defenders have arms. And uh, the referee had a look at the VAR monitor and decided to give a penalty. Joe Gomez, as soon as it happened, the the incident happened. Um, I needed a toilet. I needed a, a moment before half time to, to and, and I was just off. I didn't even wait for the VAR review because I I knew they would give it, uh, Doug. Especially in the context of Kilman's penalty. But anyway, in according to the rules, it is a penalty definitely. Um, but the rules are absolute codswallop, aren't they? Honestly, the handball rule is just going to drive people absolutely insane. Um, I mean, look, there, we can talk about unnatural position or natural position, but where where are they supposed to put their arms down? Like, are, they, are, are we now going to have a situation where we're going to actually have to like have defenders now sort of you know defending with their arms behind their like by their sides now? I mean, handball rule has been ridiculous, and you know Manchester City will know all fond of that from the you know last season um, as well. Like a couple of like. Honestly, VAR this season is, you know, it's just it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And this is why our English referees don't go to the big tournaments um, anymore. Like, I know you had, I think the last referee that I think you had at a big tournament was probably Howard Webb at the um, 2010 World Cup final. And, you know, that, that one was a, a big, big uh, bit of controversy. But, yeah, the handball rule is just something that is just going to drive people insane. And, to be honest, we're going to get more and more penalties now, um, and defenders defenders are going to have an absolute nightmare. Is when they're when they're jumping, you know, you've got VAR now, you've got you've got incompetent people who who are running the the VAR. Um, I I honestly think the handball rule is one of the most ridiculous rules I've ever seen, um, and it has to be said that there are more and more penalties going to be given. I I just think we're going to get so many penalties this season and. But yeah, for me, the as you say, cod's wallop. It's it's absolutely ridiculous rule. Yeah, I mean, you know, in VAR's defence, I mean, they are actually just applying the rules correctly. I mean, I don't know. What did, what did you make of it, Jamie? Um, I agree that that VAR is it, it's not it's trying to clear things up, but making things more complicated at the same time. Um, it like I say, if you're looking at the Max Kilman penalty, um, then you've got to give the Joe Gomez one, even though they were slightly different. Um, I think it hits Joe Gomez high up his arm. Um, Kilman's sort of thrusted himself towards the ball, whereas Joe Gomez is, is trying to shield himself. Um, so they're not they're not identical comparisons. Um, I, I didn't I didn't think it was a penalty. Um, I don't think anyone really did. I think people appeal now um, in the knowledge that it's probably going to be given by VAR. What I didn't like was the fact that the referee went to the screen, looked at it, and changed his mind. Now I know why they've said 
you know, there was a lot of talk about it last year. You know, the referees need to go to the screen. Um, what's the point in going to the screen if they're just listening to what the man in the is telling them? That's just letting, you know, it's just letting VAR off the hook, so to speak, by saying, oh, but the ref changed his mind. The ref hasn't changed his mind there. Um, VAR said, you know, I'm going to give this penalty. Can you just have a look at it? But we're going to give it anyway. Um, but no, it, it wasn't a penalty at all. Um, handball needs a massive overhaul, you know. Um, I think VAR was brought in on good intentions, which was to clear up, you know, real howlers. And I still think it's needed to clear up the real howlers. But the problem is it's creating more decisions than it's than it's solving. You know, it's actually creating decisions for officials now, not solving the howlers that they've made in the past, which which isn't great at all, really. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think, I don't know. You've got to play a little bit of devil's advocate if you can, I think, with VAR. And, you know, imagine if it was you making the rules, okay? So let's say, for example, um, you decide to bring back accidental handballers, okay? Like if it's the ball to hand, like both incidents today, because De Bruyne absolutely whacked it, then, you know, both both of those, uh, you know, neither of those are penalties. But then if you do that, um, Doug, then... Um, God, it's, it's getting me confused already. I don't know. But if you do that, yes, maybe defenders can 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 try then to to use their arms and make it look accidental. For example, by chucking their arms in the air and turning their back and it hitting their arm and it not being a, a handball, which is why they changed the rule in the first place. You know, can you see it from that point of view, or is this you know it's just um it's just a waste of time playing devil's advocate? <laughs> um, oh, honest, like. I, I I liked it when you like had accidental handballs because like every handball now is going to be AR and no matter no matter how many like where it is on the pitch as well you know every 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 flashpoint is going to be you know reviewed um, by VAR as well to, to be fair I thought um I thought I thought the referee had an okay game today um I th- there were a couple of decisions he missed like um like the like our goal um like th- that was two passages of play the one passage of play was Raheem Sterling um going going down well he he, he stayed on his feet but he did he did get um you know clipped by uh, Jota and then you know referee plays on and then you know we go up the other end and you know get the get the penalty and uh, I've se- I've seen I've seen people say there wasn't a penalty uh, like are you like are you literally like looking at it like it's a clear penalty like Kyle Walker is well, Roy Keane described um, described uh, Kyle Walker as an idiot, and in my opinion, it wasn't idiotic because as soon as you touch Manny, you know he's going to he's going to go down, and I, like he gave the referee a decision to make, and um, for me, it's a hundred percent penalty. Um, I don't oh, I don't get why I don't get why people were saying that it it wasn't because Manny was very very clever, and I I actually think that he was the best player on the pitch today. I thought he was everywhere today at Sadio Manny. I thought he had a really really good game. Um, but for, for honestly, for people to say that wasn't a penalty, I think they need to either go to Specsavers or literally take their uh, tinted goggles off um, and basically just say, "Yeah, that was a penalty," rather than just say, "Oh no, no, it's not a penalty, not a penalty." But yeah, I I, I was amazed at what I read on on social media saying, "Oh, Manny's dived." Hang on, hang on. How many people? How many people are actually saying that, Doug, on social media? Because they they they. I mean, that's an automatic block for me. Oh, I've seen I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of um, a lot of posts about it, and like people are saying, uh, oh, um, Liverpool get a penalty. Oh, how convenient! Like, 
honestly, those kind of posts are going to get blocked. But uh, yeah, I've seen I've seen a fair few. I've seen a fair few, and I don't think this is the last of that. I've, I've seen City fans uh, also complaining about the fact that Jota didn't foul Sterling uh, in the in, in the build up, and then you know we go down the other end and you know get a penalty. But um, but yeah, it's uh, uh, the wonderful life of social media. Oh, I'd stay away, stay away. You know, think of it as uh, I don't know, like uh, like uh, what Linda Blair should have done in The Exorcist, and, and uh, you know, if to, you know, if, I, I suppose. I don't know where, where I was going with that analogy. Didn't didn't really work. Um, Jamie, uh, Doug thought it was a foul on Raheem Sterling. I I disagree with Doug. Sorry, Doug. I thought it was not a foul on Raheem Sterling. I thought Jota used his butt superbly to to, to shield the ball and uh, you know win it back for Liverpool. And uh, we broke. And Manny um, was definitely fouled. I mean, you know, if any any of the the weirdos on on, on Doug's social media feed. Um, are listening to this, then, you know, I went to Switzerland, um, not last winter, the winter before, to visit my friend Dave, who's a ski instructor who might be listening to this. Hello, Dave. And I saw that the waters of the Swiss Alps were the clearest waters I'd ever seen. You could just see right down to the bottom, to all the rocks, all of the details on the bottom of the river. And that penalty was clearer than the waters in the Swiss Alps. Uh, what did you think, Jamie? Um, I think that's a very poetic analogy to start with. <laughs> Thank you. But, but um, I do think it's a foul on Sterling. I think they're the sort of fouls that you, know, you see in the middle of the pitch all the time and for him to not give that on the edge of the box was a bit odd. Um, but, you know, you can't attribute that and then go back to it when a penalty has been given at the other end. I don't think that's, you know, it shouldn't be part of the conversation. Um, you know, it's the same as a contested throw-in or, a, you know, a goal kick that should have been a corner, for example, that then leads to a goal. Um, but, yeah, it was a penalty. Kyle Walker, clearly, he gets, his, he gets Mane on the hip. Um, which stops him, which stops him driving through into the box. You know, um, he's he's not being clever at all. I just think he, you know, Mane's running. Kyle Walker comes across him, and Mane goes down. I don't think there's any, there's no subtlety about anything to do with that penalty. Um, Mane's not, you know, had to go down to get it. I think he's taken down. You know, it's slight, but at that level and at that pace, slight contact is going to send someone down. You know, it's not on the level of, you know, of Salah's last week where he has to let the referee know he's being fouled. I think, I think Kyle Walker does that for the ref. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a penalty and, and well converted by Mo as well. You know, um, people used to be a bit a bit afraid of Mo taking penalties, um, but I don't think he's missed one for the club. If I'm right in saying, he's just got a very um, a very what's the unorthodox style of taking them. But I think his strategy is just hit it as hard as I can, and not many keepers will save it. It's very true. He struck it absolutely beautifully, and and yeah, let's talk about the the positives such as that goal. I mean, it was really good. Um, Jamie, who who immediately springs to mind when I ask you? You know, who 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 played well today? One of my big standout performers, I thought, was Joel Matip. Um, you know, as well as we attacked in the first half, um, Joel Matip was excellent. He won everything in the air. Um, he was really aggressive with his with his challenges. Um, and considering he's not played for, you know, I think it's nearly a month since he played last. Um, considering you know he's not played, he, he looked he looked really sharp today, and he needed to be because they were very sharp. You know, it, it's possible. I think sometimes we overlook this as as fans um, and any football fan in general. Both teams can play good, have good games. You know, um, and City did play well. Um, they were looking they were looking for those incisive balls that they do. But Joel Matip was he was my man of the match. You know, um, as well as we attacked, I thought Joel Matip was excellent. He managed himself on a booking in the second half really well as well, which was which was impressive. Um, and James Milner, he deserves a big shot when he came on. You know, he wasn't expected to come out at right back. I don't think at any point in that game. And he kept Raheem Sterling very, very quiet in the 
in the 25 or so minutes. It may have been a bit less than that. In the 20 or so minutes he was on the pitch, I thought he was excellent when he came on. But yeah, Joel Matip for me. Those are two very, very good calls. Joel Matip, uh, I've got the stats in front of me, defensive stats for the team. Um, Joel Matip had the, the equal most amount of tackles with three. He had one interception and three clearances. Uh, and as you say, the yellow cards, but he managed himself very well. Yes, and, and more than that, he was he was reading the game. He was he was decent in possession. He had 80% uh, passing accuracy. Um, there were a couple of times where he misplaced the pass, which he shouldn't have done. But uh, yeah, I thought it was a very, very encouraging uh, comeback, as it usually is for Joel Matip. But as you say, James Milner, 34 years old, came on in the 62nd minute. Um, uh, he he had the equal amount of tackles with Joel Matip with three. And I thought those three tackles he did were in the first 10 minutes after he came on because they were trying to target him and he was just having absolutely none of it. So, yeah, I thought James Milner was excellent when he came on and that bodes well for the future. Um, you mentioned Sadio Mane. Doug, uh, he had actually one tackle, uh, but offensively, Sadio Mane had uh, two key passes. He didn't manage a shot, but again, as usual, Sadio, he just looks deadly dangerous every time he goes forward with the ball. And he was causing trouble, causing headaches. He won the penalty. He was absolutely superb. Are there, are there other uh, standout performers for you, or, or is he by far the man of the match? I've, I was going to give Mane my man of the match, but I, I've got a special shout out to Jeannie Van Alden. I actually thought he had a good game today. I think um, now a couple of moments actually they tried to get down our right hand side. Um, they, they, they passed the start. I think I remember one moment where Sterling got the ball. Um, he was running, kept running, and I think Van Elden came out of nowhere and, and literally won back the ball. That's what I love about Genie. He's so good at doing that. So for me, for me, um, special shout out for um, Genie. I thought Allison played well, handling wise. He was very, very good. Um, today as well. Um, there was a wee moment in the in the second half where he actually looked over to the bench, and I was thinking, "Oh no, please no, please no uh, that, that he's that he's injured." But um, oh, no, I thought he was thought he was very very good. And um, actually, I think it was a bit of a tale of the two keepers today. In all honesty, Allison kept us in the game, but if you look at the other end, I thought Ederson had a had a really poor game today. Um, there was, I think, remember the remember the Jota chance that he, he had, uh, you know, he scuffs it, but he literally gives the ball straight to Jota. Um, and I just think there's something missing in the City team. I don't, I don't know, what, I, don't know if, I don't know if Jamie or, or Owen, you'll agree with me here, but I just think they're not the fast-flowing City that we've all known um, for, for a long, long time. And Kevin De Bruyne's miss from the penalty as well. It was so, so weird, especially. And... Um, I just think I just think we defended really, really, really well today, and, and didn't allow them any any space at all. And I think I'm, but so my shout-outs for Allison, who I thought was really, really good. Van Alden, thought he was very, very good. But I am going to stick with Sadio Mane as, as my man of the match. Um, so yeah, Mane, Mane is my man of the match. A very solid answer indeed. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I agree that Man City's, they're nothing like they were a couple of seasons ago. I've been saying ever since the start of the season, Doug, I mean, I don't think they would, I think honestly, they're going to struggle for top four. I really honestly believe that. I think Chelsea are probably better. Uh, Spurs are probably better. Even, you know, someone like, uh, you know, one of the surprises of the season, like Southampton or, I put them sort of on a par with Leeds United because they look a bit disinterested to me. I don't know. What do you reckon, Jamie? Actually, I actually disagree. I think Man City will finish a finish a comfortable second at least. Um, they're not the size they were, because they're, they're, they're a little bit older and they are introducing a few new faces into it. You know, the likes of Yao Cancelo and uh, Rodri, um, Ruben Diaz has come in this season. Um, they are moving away from that high octane football. I think as a we as well. Um, so I don't think you're going to see um, 
you know anything anything drastically you know expansive from them this season. Um, I think their plan is to get it to Kevin De Bruyne as much as possible, um, which they did in points today, and he looked he looked dangerous. Um, but we closed him down pretty well, except for the goal, which was my main black mark against Gino and Alden's game. That's why I didn't really, you know, I think he him going out to um, I think it's Kyle Walker he goes out to rather than sticking with Kevin De Bruyne leads to the goal. Um, but no, I think I think City will finish comfortable second. I think they look, you know, they, they, they were on a par with us today. I know we started really well, but they they played really well second half. And I think you watched what you watched there was the best two the best two football sides in the country. Uh, but Chelsea, no, not for me. Um, I think they're still too suspect defensively. Thiago Silva's thirty six. How many games are you going to get out of him after Christmas or during Christmas even? Um, where then they've got to rely on Andreas Christensen, which isn't really great. Um, Spurs again. Harry Kane gets his obligatory two-month injury and they'll struggle, I think. Um, if he gets that injury, that is. You know, he might not. Uh, but no, I think you watched the two best football teams in the country there today. Um, I'm surprised anyone's got real any real detractions on Man City. Um, I thought, you know, I thought Edison played well as well. I'm surprised uh, I'm surprised Edison got a shout there for playing Paulie. I thought, he, you know, he saved them a couple of times. Um, and yeah, you know, not much more to say though. Like I say, the two best football teams in the country played each other today and it was a really good game of a good hour of football, ruined slightly by the conditions in the last half an hour. Well, okay, yeah, we'll have to agree to disagree there because, um, you know, I, I, I mean, I definitely I agree with you in, in terms of uh, Edison. I thought he he, he did, uh, you know, make a couple of very crucial saves. One from from Trent, uh, especially the the uh, that he almost spilled into the path of uh, Diogo Jota. But uh, um, I thought, yeah, he was okay. Yeah, maybe in possession he could have been a bit better. But uh, no, I thought he was good today as well. So I agree with you there. But Man City, I don't know. It's just a little bit lacklustre. It's a little bit lacklustre going forward. Um, if you look at the league table for, for XG, uh, I'll just bring it up in front of me, um, compared to the last <clears throat> couple of seasons, um, the uh, you know the XG table, Manchester City um, have 10.74 XG. Uh, this season, including today's match now. Um, uh, they had 1.5 XG from today's match. Sorry, 1.58, according to understat.com. Brilliant site. Um, so teams that have got more XG than Manchester City this season, uh, teams that are basically creating more chances are Leicester, Tottenham, Liverpool, who are top, uh, Chelsea, Everton, um, Aston Villa, uh, are, are the same as Manchester City. Uh, Leeds and Brighton are both above Manchester City. So they're pretty much in mid-table form in terms of creating big opportunities. And that is the thing that even their fans would say. But, uh, you know, a standout performer for me on their team, um, defensively, I thought Diaz, he looks like he's going to make a big difference for them. There was that moment where Sadio Mane took a beautiful first touch at the end of the first half and he, he sprinted away and normally he's gone. But uh, Diaz managed to get back, um, push Mane away from goal and then Mane had to make uh, pass it on. And it did almost lead to a Liverpool goal. But the fact that Mane didn't manage to get a shot away, having got a yard on Diaz and been pretty much clean through against any other defender, I thought he was, he was absolutely excellent uh, today. Credit where credit's due. But yes, Jamie. Um, you want to come in? So, um, yeah, I, I think I think more, when you talk about the XG tables, I mean, there's there's a lot. Sometimes they can be misleading. Sometimes they don't take into account the, the quality of the of the player taking the shot as well. Um, you know, a, a 0.2 XG shot for Sergio Aguero, for example, is a much better chance than a 0.2 XG shot for Chris Wood at Burnley. 
um, is what I'd say about XG. Um, but I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of teams that do out underperform, like like Brighton, uh, sorry, overperform on XG, sorry. Like, well, and underperform at the same time. Um, I've sort of lost myself in a tangent there. But Brighton play a lot of nice football, create a few chances, but can't finish the dinner, to be frank. Um, whereas you'll see a difference in Man City's XG stats when, when Aguero gets fit. You know, when Aguero's fit, um, you'll start seeing the difference. In terms of actual, like, converting the chances, yes, they're likely to score more goals. But, but, but you know, this stat of actually, like, their total team XG is, is about the amount of chances they create. And, yes, I totally agree, Brighton. They, they uh, yes, they, I mean, yeah, they couldn't, uh, they couldn't, fi- uh, I'm trying to think of an analogy. They couldn't finish, their dinner is a very good one, but they couldn't finish their... Um, I can't. I can't think of one. They couldn't finish something else. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, it's about it's about um, you know the total team, Jamie. That's uh, you know that's uh, that they're just not creating as much. And you could see today. Yes, everything goes through Kevin De Bruyne. They're more or less a one man team. Bernardo Silva looks uh, bereft of confidence, and even after twenty minutes today, he looked up actually knackered by the end, which is a bit weird. Um, but uh, you know, I. I I mean, do you think they're as creative a force as, as they were? They're not as creative, um, but I think they'll still create enough chances to win plenty of games to challenge us for a league title. Um, I think they'll find the stride. I think it's been tough for everyone um, to find the stride in this really truncated season. You know, everything's compressed. Everything's, you know, back to back. So I think things like creativity will be down. Uh, but once they get a word off it... Um, Bernardo Silva will come back into form because he's too good not to. Um, Riyad Mahrez is another one who needs to get that selfish streak out of his game if he can, although he's not shown any evidence of it yet. But um, no, I think I think City still will finish comfortably at least second um, because they'll they'll be consistent. Like I said, he's got that Ruben Diaz back there at the back with Americ Laporte. They won't concede. Leicester aside, when they have that complete aberration, you know, I, I don't know what the goals conceded column looks like after that five. Um, with, with that five taken off, sorry, but I think they'll be defensively good enough to to maintain a title challenge, and you know they'll, they'll win plenty of games this season. I've no doubt about that. You could be right. You could be right indeed. Um, okay, uh, let's let's move on to uh, to uh, you know a very sad sight indeed. Uh, Trent lip, limping off on sixty one minutes. Um, muscle injuries I saw in, in French football press. I can't remember which one. It might have been L'Equipe. I can't remember um, that muscle injuries are up. 46% in the Premier League uh, this season, which has got something to do with not having much of a pre-season and a lot to do with the fact that five subs are not allowed. Uh, so the players are not fit. They're being asked to play every three days because uh, the fixture list is uh, completely, ridiculously overplayed. And now they've got this stupid international break, whereas really everyone should be, you know, heading home and, you know, playing online Scrabble, an online eight ball pool, which I've just discovered on an app on my phone. And they should not be travelling the world, especially during a global pandemic, teaming up with people outside of their their bubbles, if you like. And it's absolutely freaking ridiculous. But yes, it's a sad sight. Trent is off. And as I just said in my Blood Red podcast review, our players, Doug, are dropping like hydroalcoholic gel from a dispenser. Can we cope? Yeah, I think I think I think we can cope. I think I think the thing is now that I think centre back has been a big big problem. Um, but no, I think I think after the international break, I think Fabinho will be back. Um, so I think I think um, I think he'll be I think he'll be back. I think look, James Mona can do a job there. We saw saw what he could do today. I also think that um, you know you've got Nico Williams to come into the mix as well. So 
you know, if Trent is injured um, for for the Leicester game, then yeah, I think I think we could see um, Neko Williams. But no, I think I think uh, I think we'll be fine. I believe he said to um, one of the uh, doctors. I, I was watching on Sky, and I think he said um, possibly a calf injury. So hopefully, hopefully it's nothing nothing too serious. But yeah, um, I mean, that was the last thing we needed was was another injury. But um, yeah, you, you you say you say that they're dropping like flies. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's just it's just one of these uh, one of these things. But maybe it's to do with the you know the as you as you say a long season. And um, but no, I think I think we'll be fine knowing that Fabinho will be back. I mean, Fabinho could even play a right back there as well. He's played right back for you know Brazil. Uh, so I think I think I think we'll be fine. I think right back is absolutely fine for us. Uh, you know, we've got. Got Neko Williams. We've got Fabinho. So no, I think I think we'll be I think we'll be absolutely fine. I love your optimism. Um, yeah, I love your optimism. That's very nice. But uh, Jamie, you're not worried about like I am a little bit about about the drop off from from Trent to anyone else. Um, no, like 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 Doug said, I think James Milner can do a perfectly serviceable job there. Um, I think Trent. I think bad looks for it, I reckon he could have played on, but I reckon he's. I I wonder if it's. Not a bit of gamesmanship from the from the management, but and the physios. But you know, let's let's take him off. Let's pull him out the England squad. He doesn't have to play three games for England. Uh, hopefully, I'd, I'd you know I'm a very club over country person, so I'm not too fussed if if Trent doesn't play for England um, the next three games. I think a three game international break is frankly ridiculous. Um, they shouldn't be playing three games of international football in in the next fortnight, which is yeah shocking. Um, no injuries aren't a concern for me. Like, say, if are, if Fabinho's coming back, nearly merged the names then. Fabinho's coming back, Thiago's come back, Naby Keita's come back on the bench today. Um, Jordan Security was there. You know, we've got enough options in midfield. Even even Jordan Henderson can play right back. So, no, I'm not too worried. Um, the five subs, you know, I think Doug mentioned that, or, or you did, but I think the, the decision not to introduce five subs this season was frankly ridiculous um, and riddled with self interest by the small clubs, even though. I think it would benefit them just as much as the big teams because the drop-off in quality in the lesser teams from their starters to their bench isn't as big as some of our drop-offs. You looked at Leicester's, like I looked at Leicester's bench today. Um, the majority of that bench for Leicester will start 15 to 20 games for them over the course of a season because it was a good bench. Um, I look at other teams around the league as well and you know I think, I think the teams have really hamstrung themselves with that, the five subs rule. And it's the reason um, the manager doesn't make a third one today. Because he sees Trent go down and he's think I've got to keep an in, uh, a substitution up my sleeve just in case there's another one. Um, whereas if you have the five or even four, I don't know why four wasn't um, mentioned as a compromise. Um, even a fourth sub, which it, it, the amount of injuries every team's getting is ridiculous. And we're, we've <laughs> suffered more than most, but we've got the quality in our squad to back it up. But yeah, I think it's ridiculous five subs wasn't considered um, by all the clubs because I think it helped a lot of them massively. Um, but again, it's, it's clubs like West Ham and, and teams like that um, who voted against it that think it's somehow that somehow they've got a chance to break in into top six by us not being able to make five subs. It's frankly ridiculous. And yeah, you know, the less said about, you know, that sort of thing, the better. But I think now Trent going out is not a concern. Wow. Well, guys, I love it. I love your optimism. Um, very good. I think uh, it's such a shame for Trent, of course, as I'm sure you you think it's a shame as well, because he was getting into really good form. Um, you know, he, he didn't do so well on a free kick, but he almost set up two goals. He almost scored with that shot in the first half. Um, he was just generally, you know, dangerous, 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 as, as, as he has been so often since he came into our team. Um, tactically, 
the the new shape, the four two three one. Um, you spoke about Genie Vinaldum. I mentioned briefly Jordan Henderson before that. Uh, you know, I, th- I think that as a midfield too, they're really good. Um, but do you think it works? You know, Jamie, in, in like globally, you know, in, in general, would you like to see this shape rolled out more often, or, or are you not sure? No, I, I liked the shape. I, I don't think it was a four two three one. I think it was more of a four four two. To be honest, I thought I thought Sadio Mane and um, who was it? Who was on the the right hand side? Jota. Jota um, were playing like orthodox, you know, right and left midfielders at times. Um, you didn't see much of Andy Robertson in the box. I think you saw it a couple of times, but not as much as you normally do. No, there wasn't as much overlapping, underlapping. Um, no, I think it worked to an extent. It did catch us out for the one goal, but I think overall it's a midfield too. Yeah, why not? And Henderson works. I don't think we'll see it every week, but I think it's a good option that we can we can fall back on when when we feel we need to get some more firepower in the team. That's what it was all about. It was about getting the four forwards on the pitch, um, knowing that they'll have the discipline to stick to wide roles, um, which Mane and Jota did. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a it was a bold selection. But I think yeah, I think a midfield two can still work. Um, there was a lot of talk on commentary that you know the talk years ago was you know you have to be able to play in a two because um, everyone played a midfield two you know 15, 10, 15 years ago. Um, but yeah, Henderson and Wijnaldum dovetailed pretty well. Um, and, you know, there will be a midfield three going forward because we've got too many good midfielders not to have a midfield three. Uh, but no, no concerns over the formation. I thought it worked worked as well as it as well as it could have today. Yeah, interesting stuff. What what did you make of it, Doug? Um it was it was a very, very bold um, you know, team from Klopp. Um but I felt I felt it was the right decision to do to you know get them all in. Um, I think I, th- I think Jamie's right. I think it was more of a four four two. But I thought I thought as I've said, I thought Jota, Mane, I thought they were very very good. I think I think we surprised City actually. I think you know I think I think they were four three three as well. Um, I even I even said I think they may have put uh, you know four two three one as well. But it looked like it looked like they were four three three. So I, I think I think we kind of uh, I think we kind of shocked them. I don't think they were expecting us to. You know, start the um the Fab Four if you if you want to put it that way. But um, no, I think it was a very very bold by Klopp. Um, the four two three one, it could be something we could maybe see you know going forward. Um, you know, I think I think it is I think it is a you know it's it's a good formation to have. I know we know we usually do the four three three, but you know some some certain games we might have to go four two three one. So no, I I thought I thought uh, I thought today it actually worked pretty well, and then. You know, once um, you know, once Milner comes on, you know, we'll, we go back to you know four 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 two as well. So, but no, I was really really impressed with uh, with how we played today. Uh, you don't think, like I did, maybe that I would have liked to seen to have seen um, Mo Salah and Diogo Jota switch places a little bit, rotate a little bit, because I really like Jota in the centre, Doug. I, I, I would have liked to I mean, I love Mo Salah, whatever he does, just a couple of stats from today. He, he, he had more key passes than anybody, Mo Salah, with three. Um, only 19 passes, but he managed in those tight spaces to keep the ball 84.2% of the time. Um, you know, generally offensively, he had he had two shots. One of them, of course, was the penalty, which was his only shot on target. But those three key passes, he was dangerous, Mo, as usual. But I just wonder if you could, you know, put him over to because he's so much smarter than any other player. Um, I think to exploit a bit more space because he's so good in space, and Diogo Jota is so good in tight spaces. I don't know. Is that just me who wanted to see that? To be honest with you, I I thought um, I thought Jota. To, to his credit, I thought he played really, really well. Yeah, it would have been nice to have seen, you know, those two switch. I mean, we saw we saw midweek against Atalanta that 
Um, you know, Jota is very good up front um, uh, in in that in that forward role. So, yeah, look, I think I think Salah did the did the role really really well. Maybe it's something we might actually see moving forward. As I've said, I think I think we might see Jota um, in the forward space. I think we might see Mane, you know, left and you know Salah right. Um, I, I don't I don't know. I'm I'm just getting the I'm just getting the impression that maybe Firmino might just need like a game or two to get sort of back to his, you know, flowing best. Uh, I think I think I read a stat actually. It's um I think he's scored two goals in thirty games um recently as well. So it's not it's not the it's not the best, it's not the best of form as well. But I'm sure Bobby will come will come back. I, I just I just think maybe he needs he just needs a game on the bench where he can come on, where he can, you know, dictate um how he plays as well. I, I, I just think I just think Bobby Firmino might actually do I think it might benefit him to have a place on the on the substitutes bench, allow Jota to, you know, get on get on in his place. I, I think I think now Jota is probably going to start more games than Bobby. I thought Bobby was okay today. I didn't think he was bad. Um in his fifty eight minutes he got two key passes, uh two shots um as well. Diogo Jota in, in the entire game got three. Mo got two, including a penalty. And although Bobby he didn't look like scoring, he sort of you know, scuffed one and, and ballooned one. Um, I thought he was okay because he looked pretty dangerous today, and I and I was, yeah, okay. He he does look a bit tired, but um, I don't know. Again, in retrospect, in hindsight, with the twenty twenty vision, um, would you have kept him on, Jamie? What I mean, what, I mean, I'll just give you another couple of uh, of his stats. I mean, passing wise, for example, Sadio Mane had sixty five point four percent passing accuracy. Only he was the worst at the front four. Diego Jota was the best with ninety two percent passing accuracy. Uh, Bobby Firmino only had nineteen passes, so he wasn't that involved in the game. But he did manage eighty four point two percent, exactly the same curiously as Mohamed Salah but then Roberto Firmino only played 60 minutes um what did you think of his performance Bobby I thought he was I thought he was pretty good um he him and Mo was a two up front I did like it because what like I mentioned earlier they were they were doing a really a really clever job um against two clever centre halves as well I think that's why they were preferred in the middle and um Jota was put out on the right to begin with because they were stopping um Laporte and Diaz getting that ball into Rodri which is a real to how you know, in years gone by, it would have been Fernandinho. That that six for them is really key to starting attacks for them. And I think Bobby and Mo for, for an hour stopped that um, really well. Bobby's just a really intelligent player. Um, the thing I always talk about Bobby and his goals is, if Bobby Firmino wore number 10 or even number 11 like he used to, his goal return wouldn't be up for as much debate as it is. It's because he wears the number nine. It's psychological with a lot of people. Um, because he's a number nine, people think he's got to score a lot of goals. Um, but... I don't think Mo and Sadio score as many as they do if Bobby Firmino is getting as many goals as people would like him to. Because at the end of the day, there is only a finite amount of goals that you can score as a team. You know, 17-18 completely spoiled people of what to expect. Um, you know, I think it was something like 90 goals between the three of them. You won't see that. You know, that's Messi, Suarez, Neymar levels for like in, a, in the Spanish league as well, which isn't as good, I think, defensively as, as the English league. Um, so... Yeah, I thought he was fine. He linked play up reasonably well. He looked like he might create something. But I think the time of the substitution was about right. Um, I think we needed to get Shakiri on um, to move Jota central to go at a tiring defence. But um, no, I thought Bobby was fine today. I thought we're starting to see. I-, I think he should have played against Atalanta. I think we should have done this formation against Atalanta because I think Bobby would have had a field day against him uh, from the start. Um, as he looked like he was in the mood-ish today. But I think they're a better defensive side, so you saw a little bit less of him um, overall. I think, yeah, 
there was something I didn't like just when he when he sort of ballooned that shot like just a minute or two before he was taken off uh, for Shakiri. Just his body language. He looked like he looked so disappointed that he'd missed that chance instead of just like getting on with it and knowing that he will get another one and you know sort of you know bouncing through the game. He does his body language. He just looks like I don't know like he's under a lot of pressure. He puts himself under a lot of pressure. But he is the Bobby Dazzler, and we will always be behind Firmino here on Cop on Podcast. Always. I think he's missing the fans singing his name as well. I think he is the one player mm, out of our point. team who misses the fans. I think he feeds off it. I think he really does. Um, and yeah, I think that's playing a part as well. Yeah, great point. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, well, hopefully we'll all be back soon or, you know, the, the the lucky match going fans can be back and supporting him live in the stadium before too long. Um We've already done our man man of the match. Really, I mean, it was uh, uh, Manny for you, Doug, and uh, Jamie. It was it was Matip, wasn't it? And uh, for me, I, I'm going to go Genie Vinaldo because I agree with you, Doug. You, to, to mention Genie, he was he was he was uh, absolutely superb, and and Henderson as well. I really enjoyed his performance. Um, Henderson had 85.7% passing accuracy. Genie Vinaldum, he's always the best these days. 89.1%, um, and he actually had more passes than Jordan Henderson. God knows how many how many uh, kilometers Genie covered as well, but it was absolutely brilliant stuff. He also had one tackle, one interception. Um, offensively, he was pretty uh, pretty quiet as usual, but he had a dribble, one dribble. Um, but he was yeah, he was really good. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, zooming out a little bit, now we're going into the international break. If you look at the Premier League table, Liverpool are third, but we're actually equal second and just one point behind the leaders. And when you think about it, we have lost to injury at some point already in the first eight games. We've lost Alisson, we've lost Trent, we've lost um, Virgil, Matip, Fabinho, Thiago, Shakiri. Uh, we don't, still don't have Ole- Oxlade-Chamberlain, uh, Naby Keita's missed games, uh, Joel Matip's missed games, and I think there are even some that I've forgotten. Um, how do you feel overall about the first eight games and our position now? Because for me, we're like, you know, if the season is a marathon and not a Snickers bar, as they say, then, you know, the we're like, you know, we're, we're well poised. We're like those, those guys, um, you know, from Kenya and Ethiopia, those absolute geniuses, uh, you know, and, and we just let the, let Leicester be the, be the pacemaker for now. It's fine, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if, if you, if you had said to me that we would have lost our first choice centre-back, um, our, our, our best centre-back as well, and to be second, sitting second in the, in the league after, you know, a freak result away to Aston Villa, you would have took it. You would have took that any day of the week and we're five points clear of City I think everyone I think everyone forgets that you know yes I know that you know I know I know there's some weird weird results going on um like I believe I believe that um no to be to be to be where we are right now sitting second behind our opponents for the game um after the international break Leicester City I think I think you'd be you'd be very very happy and that is going to be a very tricky game they're in very very good form um and it's you know it's going to be I actually think could they challenge again it's it's a big if, but I think it all depends on how they do in Europa League because Europa League can take a lot out on the on the teams. I think, and I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to, to that game. Um, it'll be it'll be nice to you know Brendan will be going back to Anfield. Unfortunately, it'll be an empty Anfield, but um, but no. To to answer your question, I am very happy with how we've started this season, and you know to be second going into the international break. I think every Liverpool fan would have took that. Uh, yeah, it does seem all right, doesn't it, Jamie? I mean, I, I think it, it's a long-term game. You've got to remember the long game. We're so, you know, 
you know, boiled as, as humanity. We're, 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 we're linked to the present. Even on my, on my tea bag, which is from some brand that puts this sort of hippie woo on the tea bags. What does it say? Uh, love the moment and its powers will extend to infinity. What a load of bullshit, excuse me. But, uh, you know, basically, as, as, as an example of, you know, how humans are attached to the present, um, we've got to look to the long term. And I was thinking about this earlier. Uh, two years ago, when City won the league, they went on a run of 14 wins at the end of the season. 14 straight wins. It was unbelievable to pip us by a point. The season before that, God knows, I think they did 18 um, to get 100 points. Um, last season, Liverpool also won 18 on the spin. Um, I don't think... Anyone is going to be capable of doing so many as 18, but maybe we will, I think, if we can get, for example, Thiago and Fabinho back and Trent is back, if, if, if we can keep our first team fit, or is that just just wild optimism because I honestly I can see us for example winning every game from Christmas to May because I, I just think we're that good. Uh, what do you think, Jamie? Um, yeah, I think I think we're really well placed. You forget, you know, we've played eight games. Um, we've gone to Goodison Park. We've gone to the Etihad, um, and we've had um, we've gone to Stamford. Did we have Stamford Bridge, or did we play at home to Chelsea? Um, just like I it. believe it was Stamford Bridge. Yeah, so we've been to Stamford Bridge. We've been to Goodison Park, and we've been to the Etihad. And you know, they're, they're three of our toughest away games um, this season. You know, we've still got Old Trafford to come, um, which isn't going to be tough at all. He says, um, but don't think we're in a good position. Eight games gone. Um, you know, we've got a good points total, which a lot of teams have matched. Just because a few teams have matched our points total or bettered, doesn't mean we're not on a good points total ourselves. You know, we've got some very, very winnable games coming up. Um, you know, I think we've got, I think we've got Brighton coming up soon. Um, which, and I think there's another one in there as well. I can't quite, quite think of the next five. I know we've got Leicester and Tottenham, but then it's three quite, quite favourable games. Um, in the next five. Um, so, yeah, we get Fabinho, we get Thiago back, and, yeah, I can see us winning our next five, at least. Um, and it's all about it's all about managing ourselves. You know, we've still got the Champions League. We're still in that, although we only need one point, I think, from our next three, realistically, to qualify. Um, no, I think we're really well placed. Like you say, 30 games to go. Yeah, I think we're, we're good. But can you think, I mean, you said you, you, you're very confident we can do five, but can we do, for example, as many as, as 14, like City did a couple of seasons ago? I don't think we'll need to, to be honest, um, because if you think about it, you know, in that, in that run of games, we'll be, you know, for example, we've got Tottenham in that run of games, you know, so if we if we've won, if we beat Tottenham, that's three points they don't have, um, and I think they'll drop points as well. You know, we can afford a few draws. You know, draws aren't the end of the world. I'm not saying they want us to drop points, of course, but I think that you know we don't need to put a 15 game winning run together. I don't think it's going to be necessary in this season. Um, so I don't think the manager will. You know, like last season, he thought we had to get out the blocks as quick as possible, you know, and, and he did. But in this sort of season, with this many games in such a short period of time, I don't think a 15-game winning run will be necessary. So I think there will be times like today. Um, I think if they rewind the clock 12 months, if this is this time last season, I think he goes for the win today. He takes more risks and goes for the win. But I think he's, he's been really clever today, the manager. He knows that you don't need to win 15 games in a row this year. Um so yeah, that, that's. I think we can, but I don't think we need to. That's a very nice answer. Yeah, very, very well put indeed. Um, Doug, what about you? I mean, do you reckon? Would you agree with that? Do you reckon we this team is is capable of putting on a big run? But maybe you know, Klopp will hold us back to save our fitness. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm 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 confident in in, in going forward. Um, I, I think as as Jamie says, I I think we're all all bought through now in the Champions League. I'm just just having a wee look at the uh, the fixtures that we've got actually coming up. So after international, we've got Leicester City at home, Atalanta at home, Brighton away, Ajax at home, Wolves at home. That'll be a tricky one. Uh, Mitchell away, and then Fulham away, and then um, it's Tottenham at home on the 16th, uh, Crystal Palace away. Uh, and then West Brom on Boxing Day, so you know what we're, we've got, a, we've got kind of a good, a good run in now. And I think if we can get points very, very quickly, I think um, Man City are at Tottenham um, after the international break, so that's not going to be easy for them as well. So I have every faith in Klopp and his players, and I think what, once we get like, once we get players back, I, I think I think we'll be fine. I, I think I think looking at I think the international break has probably come at the right time for us. Um, let's just pray that there's no more injuries. Um, to the to the uh, after the international break because yeah you know well, like as you say the, the players were dropping like flies um, earlier so it'll be very very interesting but I I've got every faith in Klopp and I've got every faith in, in the players to you know pick up more more wins and and as and as Jamie says I think we're all we're only like one win or draw away from you know qualifying and and you know what as soon as as soon as you qualify for the you know the the next round of the Champions League you you can be able to rest players as well I I think Klopp will want to win every single game in the in the Champions League group. So, you know, to, to get six wins would be absolutely fantastic. But no, I'm, I'm very, very confident in, in the players going forward. Um, and how many points would you take, Doug? I mean, just, just to talk about the Premier League. So it's uh, as you, it's great to read out the fixture list. Just to read it out again. I mean, Liverpool, Leicester, uh, Brighton, Liverpool, Liverpool Wolves, Fulham, Liverpool and Liverpool Spurs. They're, those are our next five fixtures. Three of them at home against Leicester, Wolves and, and Tottenham. Two of them away against Brighton and Fulham. How many points do you do you think we are going to get? And uh, you know, because obviously you would like fifteen, but um, you know, and how many? And would you be happy with that total? I'm going to say fifteen. I think they're all winnable games. Um, I think Leicester City is going to be a really tricky one um, because we all know what we all know what what they bring uh, to the table as well. Brighton. I mean, I, I mean, Jamie said they can't finish. They're done. Are they're really dangerous going forward? So. You know, Mope Mope will be a, a big big threat. It'll be nice to see Adam Alana back as well. I think he'll he'll have a good uh, a good chit chat with the you know the Liverpool players after that. Wolves will be a tricky game as well. Um, but we really should be winning our home games and then you know winning uh, away games. Fulham, I know I know they won against West Brom, but again they lost to you know West Ham um, uh, yesterday as well. So it's going to be really intriguing. But I'm going to say. Not from a biased point of view, but I'm actually going to say we're going to get 15 points out of those five games. Economists would call Doug bullish. Uh, Jamie, how how are you feeling? Are you bullish as well? 15 points uh, from the next five games? Yeah, I think we're perfectly capable of taking 15. I do think we'll take 13, actually. I think we will. I think Jose Mourinho will come on and put a bus parking masterclass at Anfield um, and sneak out there with a point, um, and which isn't too bad a result, really, uh, if we do draw at home to Tottenham. Not too forced by that. Um, but, you know, you talk about Brighton being dangerous. I actually think they're not. I think they're all bark and no bite. Um, so I think Brighton could be, could be in it. Uh, not an easy game, but it, it'll be very comfortable, I think. Um, Leicester, I watched them today. Mm, they didn't look, they didn't look sharp. Um, you know, Jamie Vardy missed, missed a penalty today, actually. He scored one, but missed one. Um, he didn't look, you know, threatening but Wolves do play a very deep line so that might be something to do with it um, but again Wolves don't look themselves you know they've sold some good players um, and bought in some average players you know so I think 
yeah, I think I think fifteen points is possible, but I think you know there might be one draw in there, and hopefully it's if if I'm picking a draw out with those five, I think Tottenham's the one I'm picking. Well, very nice. I love your optimism. Um, I think I agree that, that it's all possible. Yet yeah, we could get five wins. We could get four wins and a draw. Um, I would be happy with uh, 12 points out of the next 15. As you said before, Jamie, I totally agree. I don't think, uh, you know, any. I think 90, 90 points will, will get you the league this season. Um, I am a little bit concerned about Chelsea. Um, looking around the ground, um, the other grounds, Doug, uh, around the other teams, because um, I know you do. So, just a final question: Are you are you worried? Who are you worried about this season as as potential uh, league title challengers? I mean, Chelsea's a funny one because one week they can be very good, and then one week they can blow hot and cold. I thought they were okay against Sheffield United. I don't think they were they were great. Um, it was it was all it was all sort of you know to do with um, you know Sheffield United's mistakes. City will be there or thereabouts. I think I think there's there's no denying that. I'm not putting Manchester United into the bracket of title contenders because they are not, um, in my opinion. Um, Everton, I'm sorry. I think they've I think their bubble has burst finally. Um, and I think losing, um, you know, th- I think it's three games in a row now they've lost to Southampton, Newcastle, and and Manchester United. So I, I think I think Everton are are, are going to be nowhere near us. Um, I actually think it's probably Leicester again. Um, so it's I I think I think Leicester and Manchester City will be up there. Tottenham Tottenham's a funny one because I I know that they rely on Kane and I know that they rely on Son a wee bit too much uh, for for their liking. But um, it's whether or not they can cut out the silly draws. They remind me of Liverpool in remember that season 2016-2017 or 2017-2018 where we we did really really well, but it was just those silly draws that really cost us. And I think. They've had some silly draws recently, Spurs. So if they can cut that out, then I think they could be a, a, a challenge uh, for for sure. Um, but I will say I'll say Leicester are probably our closest challenges, but I would expect City to still be our uh, sort of realistic uh, challengers for the league. Very interesting stuff, Jamie. You're you're a man who watches a lot of uh, football from all, all the other teams as well. Um, what what do you make about our rivals? You, I mean, as you said before, City second. I mean, who's your who's your top four at this stage? What's your top four prediction? Um, I think it'll be Chelsea and Tottenham that will make up the the rest of the top four. Um, we've got to be worried about Chelsea because they carry on winning. You know, while whilst the team's winning, you've got to worry about them. Uh, same with Tottenham. You know, you've got to worry about them because they're winning. You worry about City because they can win. Um, even though they're a little bit behind us, they've got a game in hand. Um, but I think it'll be us, City, um, Chelsea, and Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham should have drawn today. I watched the game against West Brom um, because me, me partner's a West Brom fan. Uh, but I watched that game today, and they were they were poor. They were really poor, and it was a a goalkeeping error that cost that, that got them their victory today. Kane's goal came from a bit of indecision from the West Brom keeper. Otherwise, they would have kept a clean sheet against them, um, which would have been another silly draw. Which you don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, you know, that they had to rely on a goalkeeping error or that they benefited from one and one despite playing poorly. Um, but yeah, I think Chelsea will fall away because I don't think Lampard, um, even though he won titles as a player, I don't think he's quite got that running as a manager, which he showed in his his campaign with Derby, where he fell off a cliff and and you know it didn't quite he didn't get the promotion that they thought they were going to get at one point, um, and. He showed it last season where they had a bit of a wobble towards the end of the season, but because of Leicester's massive implosion, they, they ended up in the Champions League anyway. So, yeah, I think it's us and City, um, but I think we'll pull away towards the end of the year and then Chelsea and Tottenham will make up the top four. Well, thank you very much. Absolutely lovely answer. Uh, and thank you very much, guys, uh, in general. That's uh, more or less it. I'll just give you my 
my uh, predictions for the for the uh, end of the season, even though I'm often wildly wrong. Um, yeah, I think Liverpool are going to win the league. I still think that. Um, I think second place will be either Chelsea or Leicester. I'm going to say Chelsea second, uh, Leicester City third, Tottenham fourth, and Man City fifth. I don't think they're going to make it. Liverpool are ahead of them. Um, and I just want to thank you guys. It's a point at the AC had. We should be, we should be happy enough with that. So thank you so much for dissecting it with me. And uh, yeah, have a great uh, rest of the evening. Thank you.